Welcome back to The Racing Line, episode two. I am your host, Tim Conway. With me, as always, is my brother, John Conway. We got a lot of news in Formula One to go over. We got had some preseason tests in Barcelona. But first, got a shout out to our sponsor, Max's Meals and more. Max's Meals, great cause, great charity, great people. Ran by bench press media athlete, Maxwell John Meyer. A legend, a stud. Shout out to him. The new website's going up soon. Make sure you check it out. We had some cars on the track last week, John, and... That's pretty big. Uh, yes, but it is. It's got to see the 2022 cars on the track for the first time. Absolutely great. But first, we got to talk about a situation that came out today. We're recording this Tuesday. You guys will hear this Friday. Russian and Belarusian drivers can drive under a neutral flag this year. Yeah, it's pretty big news. It's obviously, whole Russian-Ukraine situation is what prompted this. Not good for anybody. But the real question is going to be, how is it going to affect Nikita Mazepin's position at Haas? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what the deal at Haas is going to end up being. Uh, they said that they need they declined to comment today. But another thing, they can't run their Russian Urikali, uh livery. So they're probably going to go back to the 2018 livery before Rich Energy and then uh, the, like the 2018-2020 livery before you're a Cali and rich energy. So it's going to be very interesting there, but all of a sudden is Mazepin going to be out? I really don't know who would replace him. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I don't really know. No one knows. That's the thing. I think them declining to comment is big. They, that would have been a moment for them to support Mazepin publicly. They didn't. That means that they probably don't know themselves yet, but race it's March. Congratulations, we made it to uh, race month. It is race month. You got to get who's going to be driving for you? Who's going to be in that race? Yeah, let's go. He's out. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, he doesn't bring in any money anymore, and that was kind of the thing was like he brought in money. So let's go through who we think could possibly replace him. The obvious candidate is Pietro Fittipaldi, already brings sponsor money into the team. But definitely has a lot of opportunities. Yeah. But also could bring in some more. He'd be the only Brazilian driver in Formula One. There's a long legacy of great Brazilian drivers Ayrton Senna, Nelson PK, Rubens Barrichello, guys like that. Felipe Massa is another one. So a lot of a legacy of Brazilian drivers, and they're very big to support. Interlagos is a historic track. Having a Brazilian on the grid is a great thing for Formula One. I don't think Pietro Fittipaldi can perform at a Formula One level, though. Neither could Mazepin. It's all about the money, so. Yes, but I think that Mazepin would actually be better than Fittipaldi. Agreed. He was significantly more consistent throughout his junior career. Another person to look at is Antonio Giovinazzi. Italy backs him as a country, not just in, like, because they love him. Their government literally backs him. Yeah. And he's got the Ferrari connection. Ferrari's going to be a they're going to be a player if Mazepin's gone. They have an extreme influence over there, and you can't ignore that. I think everyone would love to see Callum I like getting there, but he's a rookie at IndyCar this year. Yeah. Don't think that he's really an option. Uh, no, I would say got to look at two big veterans, Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen, 
Kevin Magnuson is not contracted to race anywhere this year. He's doing Le Mans, but only 24 hours of Le Mans, not doing any other uh, endurance races this year. And Hulkenberg obviously has been in deep negotiations with Haas in the past, was very close to dri- a drive in 2020 after he got cut from Renault. So has connections there, has been to those stages of contract talk, but he is a reserve driver for Mercedes and Aston Martin. So how does he finagle his way out of that contract? Mercedes and Aston Martin wouldn't pay his salary at Haas, where Giovinazzi might get his uh, salary paid for by Ferrari. So Ferrari seemed to like him. They still rate him pretty highly. Yeah, so I don't really know. Obviously, people want to mention Robert Schwartzman here. They would, it would be, we'd be remiss if we did not. Robert Schwartzman is probably... You can't really go from one Russian to another. There might be a way where he can finagle his way into driving under the Israeli flag as he was born there, but that just seems like more work. And I think experience is the biggest thing to match someone with Mick this season if you're not going to have Mazepin in that seat. So Agreed. I think Magnuson or... Giovinazzi would be either of my two choices. Magnuson obviously drove there for four years. Very accomplished. His relationship is there, though. He they did not seem to leave on great terms. Oh no, no, he's publicly came out and said that his relationship with Haas is great. He loves Gunter Steiner, bears them no ill will. Agrees it was time to move on. If he goes back, though, I think he's still very open to a Formula One drive. I think Agreed. pairing pairing him with Mick, I think, would be a great decision. It gives someone more of a benchmark for Mick to go up against. Him or Giovinazzi have both been accomplished midfield drivers over the last few years. That's where I would go. But yeah. if you want to go with youth, maybe you look at Oscar Piastri. It's on whether Alpine would foot that bill because his sponsorship money would not be enough to get him that seat. And money is... Definitely is a factor at Haas. Gunther Steiner has come out and said that it's not the only factor anymore, that they have more secure funding, but still a factor. Yeah, and Gene Especially ha- weighing experience. And Gene Haas, back in 2017, he said he's okay with losing money in Formula One. He sees it as a great uh, way for him to advertise himself, his other brands. That's what he does with Formula One. He's okay taking a loss. The only reason he took the Russian money was because it made it profitable or breaking even. So he's okay with Plus losing kept money. kept the lights on in the pandemic. Yes. So No pandemic, no Mazepin, most likely. Correct. So money isn't the biggest factor here. My prediction, I'm going to say they go with Giovinazzi if they get rid of Mazepin. I think Giovinazzi makes the most sense is in terms of money, what he can bring in, if his salary is paid for by Ferrari, and also, you're just giving a good driver a chance. You're giving him another chance, a lifeline, and Ferrari will thank you for it. True. And they have a good relationship, a great relationship with Ferrari. So I think it would make them happy, would make them happy, and I think Haas would be happy. It's a win for all scenario, for every single party involved, if Giovinazzi gets that seat. Especially have the Mazepin decision to make. Especially Mick Schumacher. I think Schumacher would... Definitely, yes. definitely benefit from having someone to actually not just be three seconds faster than. If yeah. he has some actual competition, someone who's competed with a world champion like Kimi Raikkonen, then Giovinazzi is a, last year. is a yeah is a perfect fit. Speaking of Haas and Alfa Romeo drivers, 
let's get into the 2022 testing. Both those teams had very poor showings, did not get a lot of laps done. I can't, I, I mean, they really weren't getting laps done. They had a lot of issues. Botas and uh, Zhao both had a couple of days, each had a day where they got 60 plus done. But other than that, Haas and Alfa Romeo yeah. ranked in the bottom two. Very surprising, especially for Haas if this was supposed to be their big season. So I'm kind of worried about them. Especially when you look at uh, Ferrari's reliability. It wasn't it had nothing to do with the power unit. It was their own individual mistakes. Ferrari had the most laps run out of anybody, so it was not through that if you were looking for a connection between the two. It was two teams that were just not ready for this type of testing, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, who, What team driver impressed you the most uh, for the preseason tests in Barcelona? Ferrari, because of reliability, can't be understated, but McLaren was right there, too, and they were I think, a little bit faster, I think, than people expected. Lando Norris came out and said, don't look too much into the scores and the timesheets, and that's correct. We can't be looking too much into these timesheets. They don't mean everything. They might mean nothing. But they still got a lot of laps done, too. And they were quick when they did it. Yeah, Helmut Marco came out and said today he expects the 2022 Constructors' Championship to be between Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. He said that Ferrari surprised him because he initially thought it would just be between Red Bull and Mercedes again. Uh, And a couple of teams came out and said they think Ferrari has the strongest power unit. The engines officially froze today. They cannot be worked on until March 1st, 2026 or not March or for until the 2026 season. So they have frozen, can't be worked on anymore. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I was most impressed by, uh, in testing was George Russell. I thought George yes. got lots of laps done. Uh, seemed very comfortable in that seat. You never really know how it's going to be new team. He seemed very comfortable. Um, put up a lot of laps, put up some good times. Obviously, you don't want to look too far into it, but he did put up some solid times. Finished, Second fastest overall. Yeah, finished ahead of Lewis two days. That's pretty big. Uh, so he seemed very comfortable, very relaxed, seemed to be at home in that Mercedes. I'm very excited to see that pairing this year. I think it's going yes. to be very, very interesting. I don't know how that's going to go, but honestly, I'm very excited. I think George is going to be great this year. I think he has a chance to compete for a championship. I don't know if he gets it done in year one. I'm going to say he doesn't. But, I agree. But let's but extremely yeah. impressive. But let's look at some of the midfield teams from last year. Alpine. They, L plan did not go to plan. Uh, no. Last they week. Maybe the worst out of all the midfield teams who you were kind of expecting to make a jump. Yeah, Alpine seemed prime to make a jump. Ocon had another year in the car. Jovan Alonso had another year in the car. They were they were coming off some really good results last year. They looked like a team that was going to be ready, definitely not to push the boundary of the top three by any means, but it looked like they should be in a slugfest with McLaren for number four or five and AlphaTauri as well. And they kind of came out on the back foot. Yeah, their reliability was not great. They weren't running tons of laps. Once again, I will take literally nothing out of the times. Means nothing to me. People are sandbagging. The only thing I can take out of it though is reliability. The fact that Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes got lots of laps done is great. Max Verstappen had the most laps done of anyone. 
Ferrari yep. as a team had the most laps done. That speaks to reliability. Mercedes was second in terms of laps done. They had great reliability. They were using different setups, especially on their suspensions throughout the day. But, I mean, they were have. that's what I can take out is reliability. So Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alpine, not great in the reliability department. Aston Martin, too. They lost a day. Yeah, Seb. Aston Martin lost a, whole, lost a whole day with Seb. So that's a bit scary when you have a race in two weeks. That's, like, reliability is the one thing that should be constant and consistent. The fact that it wasn't definitely worries me for some of these teams because there are some problems that it might take longer to fix. You've got a completely different revamped car. And I yep. know these are world-class engineers, but you got to be conscious of that. And you got to be conscious. You're right. Just there's a time constraint on this. This is not playing around in the simulator anymore. This is two weeks. You're racing. You're te- there is no, you can't have anything bad. March 10th, testing in Bahrain, which will be live on television. We'll get live scores. We'll be able to watch it. So they'll be less sandbaggy. They'll be probably more representative. I yes. don't think they'll be truly representative, but you can start taking them with less grains of salt. Yeah. And speaking to those tests in Bahrain, Mercedes and Red Bull have been said they're bringing lots of upgrades, possibly looking like a completely different car. A lot of people have been seen on F1, Twitter, media have been saying, speaking to the validity of these upgrades. Uh, I saw Luke Smith and Chris Medland both talk saying, hey, there are people saying they don't know how legal some of these for the new regulations, these upgrades are going to be. Now, I mean, I guess like, I mean, in testing, it's moot. Uh, either you can't Good get, point. you can't get punished for it. It, you can, it could be for something for something else, but I don't understand why you'd be doing that when you're getting your most consistent lap times, especially you're racing in Bahrain race one. It's not like you're just going to, yeah. Albert Park in Australia, and you're not racing there till April. No, your your times are going to be a little bit more consistent to what you're doing on FP1, FP2, and qualifying. So Absolutely. that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that trying to play with the regulations is the worst way to try and start a season. You can put you on the back foot. If you guess right, it can put you two races three races months ahead of your competition you get it wrong you just wasted two weeks in between testing yeah two weeks you could have had illegally improving your car i completely agree uh you can't play with some of this stuff you can't play with the very important times of that you're making upgrade wise to your car before you head to bahrain for these tests the only thing you should be looking to optimizing if you're some of these midfield teams right now is reliability. You shouldn't be literally looking to add to this car right now. That is for maybe when you do race in Australia in April, been a month of this a month or two of the season going. That's when you start introducing your upgrades. You gotta focus on optimizing reliability before the Bahrain testing and during Bahrain testing. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't know Aston Martin or Alfa Romeo or even Haas, they could have great cars right now that we see not really come into form until April, May, because the reliability was so bad early on. They that reliability can put you on a back foot early. They could have great cars and we might not know it. And as we saw last year, every point mattered for every team. Yeah, very good point. Literally came down to the last race for who's was going to be the drivers world champion. Uh, and before speaking of the drivers' world champion, we're about to get into our preseason predictions. But first, 
got a sponsorship, got an ad from our friends over at Never Rest at Bench Press Media. We never rest. They made the first portable foam rolling pad to fit around your water bottle. It is huge in athlete recovery and athlete uh, pre-gaming, rolling out, feeling good, feel good, play good. We love our friends at Never Rest. Use code THEBENCHPRESS at checkout for free shipping on all your Never Rest orders. And here at Bench Press Media, we are going to roll the world. All righty, John, we got preseason driver te- uh, preseason drivers world champion predictions. How do you want to do this? You want to go from one to twenty? You want to go to go? You want to go to from twenty to one? What are you thinking here? Um, I like twenty to one. That's what we did for the uh, uh, constructors. So okay, broke, don't you want to go like twenty to fifteen or twenty to sixteen? Okay, I'll let you start. Okay, My n- number twenty is Nikita Mazepin. Okay. Number nineteen is Zhou Zhao. Okay. Eighteen is Nicholas Latifi. Okay. Seventeen is Yuki Tsunoda. Okay. Sixteen is Mick Schumacher. Okay. Here's mine. Twenty, Zhao. Nineteen, Nikita Mazepin. Eighteen, Mick Schumacher. 17, Nicholas Latifi. 16, Valtteri Botas. You have Botas that low? Yes. I, I, that, I revised my rankings after seeing the, uh, out, after not seeing the Alfa Romeo. Their livery, fire flames, but. Yes, it is beautiful. Uh, the, I'm, I'm scared for them after Barcelona. I'm scared for them. This isn't a them. prediction, though. This is your, what your opinion on how good of drivers they are. No, that's not true. You have to add car into this. You have to. I'm going purely off of driving ability, not what their car is. Yeah, well, then that's just not. Then what are you predicting? You're not predicting the drivers' world. You told me not to do. You didn't say anything about predictions. You said do your rankings. There's a big difference there. No, I said predictions. We did not. We are predicting the uh, uh, preseason drivers' world champion. Okay. That is not what you told me to do. I'm starting at... Well, now I have to change my whole thing. Wow. I told you to do your driver's world champion. See, this is... You did not. You told me to do my rankings. There's a like massive difference. It's not true. I told you to do your driver's uh, predictions and world you champion predictions. I did. You did not. Not what you said. That is what I said. All right, but not. I will go from 15 to 11... For the, my preseason drivers world champion rankings. At 15, I have Yuki Tsunoda. 14, I have Alexander Albon. 13, Lance Stroll. 12, Sebastian Vettel. And 11, Esteban Ocon. At 15, I have Valtteri Botas. At 14, I have Lance Stroll. At 13, I have Esteban Ocon. At 12, I have Sebastian Vettel. And at 11, I have Daniel Ricciardo. Okay, we have a pretty, so far, we both have pretty similar lists through before we yeah. get into the top 10. Uh, we definitely are kind of differing. Where do you have Albon? I had him at 15. Okay, yeah. So far, we're pretty consistent with. Uh, I mean, we both had we had Mick in different places for sure, uh, which is fine. I mean, 
Haas is definitely hard to predict. You really don't know what you're going to get out of them. We both, you had Akon at what? Do you have Akon at 14? 13. 13. I have Akon at 11, so I would say that's probably our biggest. I mean, I see Alpine being pretty, even though they didn't have a great testing, I can I still see them being pretty competitive. Uh, what's your I don't reason? think it's necessarily a knock on Akon. It's more just I trust. He's kind of like he's just the number two compared to a lot of number ones of like some of the other uh, midfield teams where like he's a really good number two, but I don't know if he's going to be able to consistently beat Seb or Ricardo. So that's kind of why his, that's kind of. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, We both have, we we both have Vettel and Stroll following each other. Uh, Yep. So I have Vettel. No, I have Stroll at 14. Oh, okay. I have Vettel 12, Stroll 13. I have, I have Vettel at 12 as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, Vettel, just, I don't know why, I just got such a good feeling he's going to be 12th. Uh, this Aston Martin, it does look sexy. I don't know if it's going to drive sexy. but I They think, had a lot of negatives coming out of the camp early, but it's hard to tell. But that was like in the point where everyone else had a lot of positives to say. So Yeah, I agree. And when you look at, I think, as terms of driver pairing, where Seb is at in his career, and Lance Stroll is a very solid driver, I just think, in terms of driver pairing, these two are the closest together in terms of talent, yes. in terms of what they can bring to your racing team. So it's so they're, I think they're going to be razor close. Uh, it can be a race Seb to race thing. Seb has higher highs, but he has not been consistent the last couple of years. Stroll has been the definition of consistency. Yeah. Really, he has, and his qualifying last year kind of regressed. But obviously, the car wasn't as good. But he was still very solid. They both dragged some performances last year out of that Aston Martin that were pretty surprising because it wasn't very great. It was not a great car, and it definitely uh, they definitely both had some really good performances. I definitely think Aston Martin is a, one of the bigger wild cards because. I think Vettel at his best, even at his age, is still very good, and I think Stroll has the potential to be very good. So I would very much like to see them rise up. I, they're definitely my most hopeful to rise on this list out of anyone. Yes, I'd agree with that. I think that no one would be surprised if Seb's on a podium at some point over the year. He just has too much experience where if there's a wet track, if anyone's going to be there in that midfield really looking to drive and pick up an opportunity pick up a podium no one will be shocked if sebastian vettel's the one to do that no i completely agree lance stroll's the guy to do that yeah lance is he's a ver- superb in the way yeah he's a very good wet weather driver very underrated when we talk about uh the best wet weather drivers everyone obviously points to like verstappen and lewis but lance stroll is as good of a wet weather driver out there as anyone is uh let's go from 10 all right we're going 10 to 6 now hit me with your 10th driver john Sergio Perez. Wow. Not a knock on him. It's a knock on my rankings because they were not correctly done. But uh, Then I have Fernando, Pierre, and then where does that put me? Uh, you went Perez 10. You went Fer- Fernando 9. You Pierre went, 8. Yep, Pierre 8. Um, who am I missing? Are you missing anyone? No, I'm skipping eight to six on my dock. Do you have Carlos Sainz on there? I do, but I have him up higher. Okay. Oh, I also. Oh, I have two number fours. That's why. Okay. Then uh, Lando, and then Sainz. Okay. So you have Lando at seven. 
Or you have Leno six. at six? And you have Carlos at five? Yes. Okay. Uh, we have very similar lists. Ten, Daniel Ricciardo. Nine, Pierre Gasly. Eight, Fernando Alonso. Seven, Sergio Perez. Six, Lando Norris. They were both pretty high on uh, Norris, obviously, having him. If there was to be a big three again this season, which I think we both kind of expect. I think a lot of people yeah. expect that. We both have Norris at the top of the midfield. I have him above Perez, who would be in that big three. Uh, but I think he's definitely the most possible to be inconsistent. Uh, it's not even that. I think it's more, I think that Red Bull is more willing to sacrifice him than the other team. Correct. If he's in second and Max is in third, they're going to do a driver swap. I don't even care if it's the first race of the season. They will do that. Yep. Uh, they've made that pretty clear throughout the years. Ferrari did that with Rubens Barrichello and uh, Michael in like the second race of 2001. Like it was ridiculous. They were. Yeah, if he's in fifth and they want him to pit for a fastest lap, they'll make him do that. Yeah, he's definitely subject to lose the most points. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, I have Ricardo at 10. I believe you have also have Ricardo at 10. Yeah. I have no, I mean, I know he won a race last year, but other than that, he was so inconsistent. I like, once again, he's one of those guys who I would love to see rise up this list. I think he that, might have the most potential out of anyone in the top 10 to rise because I completely agree. McLaren's good and he doesn't have a first half lull. We can definitely see him rise. He could be running with Lando. Oh yeah. I could definitely see Ricardo. Like Ricardo was supposed to beat Lando last year. Like he was supposed yeah, to was, that like he was coming yeah. out like in 2019, he was the best midfield driver. The best. By a pretty wide margin. Yeah. Like he like he had I don't know if he was the best because like obviously Leclerc had a great season and other guys had great seasons, but it's and hard Paris, to consider Charles Leclerc a midfield driver. Exactly, because even even when Ferrari had a bad year, but like in twenty twenty, holy crap, Ricardo was on fire last year. He just was so inconsistent in qualifying. And really didn't capitalize on opportunities he's he had other than in Monza. So I hope he rises up this list. I just can't in good faith put him up there yet. Yes, because, he has to earn it. Exactly. But I know how good he can be. He has eight race victories. He has so many podiums. He's competed for championships before. He's been on the podium at the end of the year, finishing top three. He's been very, very good in the past. I just need to see him regain that form. Uh, Not even just that form, that consistency. He yes. was at one point in the, oh, in his career, you could make an argument he was one of the most consistent drivers on the grid. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and he's lost that when he kind of yeah. moved to the midfield. So I have Pierre Gasly at nine. You have him at eight. Pierre is a top ten, going to finish in the top ten. I yep. completely believe that he's going to outperform Yuki by a wide margin. He's probably going to outperform that Alpha Tauri car by a wide margin. I love Pierre. He's ready for a big seat. It's a crime he's he's still at a sister team. Uh, yeah. I think we, I speak for both of us when I say that. I love Pierre. Yeah, Pierre, he's just he's a driver. That's what he is. He drives so damn well. Talk about consistent. Pierre Gasly's consistent as hell. It doesn't matter what car he's in. He's oh, ready yeah, for yeah. the jump up. Yeah, he's ready. Uh, I have Fernando at 8. You have Fernando at 9, I believe. Or do you also have him at eight? I don't remember. I have an eight as well. Yeah, we both have Fernando at eight. Uh, Fernando, two-time world champion. There's not much else that really needs to be said about Fernando. He's going to perform. He proved that last year, even after having a couple years off. He's going to perform. He will outperform that Alpine 
no matter what. He outperforms every card he's ever been in. He's just that great. Uh, 32 race and wins. And he's had a year in this car, too. He has, and he's going to be in pink. So, my lord, watch <laughs> out. Watch out for Fernando Alonso, the Spaniard. I have Sergio Perez at 7. We ta- discussed him earlier. He's going to lose points. He's just, it just happens as the second driver at Red Bull. He loses points because he has to cover up for Max. That's fair. Botas lost points last year. It's going to happen, if there's gonna, especially if there's another dogfight at the top. At 6, we both have Lando Norris. Lando's the best driver in the midfield right now. No, yep. no argument here. Uh, he might have the most aggressive stands on the internet. Yes, that, that him and him and him, Lewis and Max. Holy crap! But yeah, Lando is just—he's consistent. He is fast. His overtaking has improved greatly. He's a great defensive driver. Uh, if his the qualifying, co- yeah, his qualifying his last year and qualifying oh, have been immense, huge. He is as good of a driver as there is in Formula One. Like this top six is pretty close together when it comes to driver rankings i'd say like agreed it can flip-flop every day honestly and whichever car is built for whichever track yeah is what you're going to see yeah i definitely think we see lando at the top of the podium at some point this year uh he's that good another mclaren victory i am i think he is definitely he's earned it He's earned it. Has the I mean that's a bold take. I, I, I don't Especially think especially if Ferrari's a part of the top two. I, I th- yeah, but I think that there's going to be a race where Lando wins. He should have won in Russia last year. It was robbed. Yeah. I, wasn't robbed of him. They made a very poor strategic decision. He thought he could drive in the rain on slicks. He could not. Uh, ended up finishing seventh that race. Didn't even get a podium after dominating it. But I think he will be on the top step of the podium this year. He's earned it. McLaren, I think, has worked very hard to earn another win. I think getting one win this year isn't that bold of a take. Agreed. I think it was just because it took such an extreme circumstance for last year. So you think they will will have closed the gap to Mercedes and Red Bull? I don't know if they've closed the gap for like a whole season, but maybe at one track they will... You think Com- early in the yeah, you think early in the season they could come out and Lando be, gets a pull. Maybe not even a pull. Take all like, the way home. McLaren's strategy has been very solid over the last few years. They Agreed. I, I could see them capitalize. They can capitalize on some big opportunities, and it's not that shocking for me to say I think that Lando can win a race. Like Agreed. I think I think it happens. Uh, that's just what I think. All right. At number five, we both have Carlos Sainz. Yep. He is a smooth operator. He is a smooth operator. Once we get to four is where I think we're going to start having a bit of debate because I know okay. who number one is. Yes, I, yes, you do know who my number one is. Uh, I think Carlos is going to be terrific this year. I also see him at the top of the podium for the first time in his career. I do. Yes, I think he I went, think the I think majority of you will win a race this year. F1 fans and media and people in the past and just in F1 circles would agree he's going to get his first victory this year. He might be the most universally loved driver because literally no one hates him. You cannot hate Carlos Sainz. Except Max Verstappen. Yeah, that's true. But he is the nicest guy. Like, great with the media, great with fans. He's uh, working on a contract extension with Ferrari. Could be announced any day now. Uh, He is a great driver. He's earned everything. He has clawed his way out of the midfield to get to the top. Clawed his way 
from being dropped by Red Bull to up into a top team. He has absolutely earned everything he has gotten. Uh, I love Carlos. I love that he's in the red car. Not there's not not I can say so much about Carlos, but I'll let you say stuff about Carlos now. Yeah, I mean he is one of the just greater stories in F1 in the last couple of years too. Just working his way up, getting dropped by Red Bull. He didn't think he was going to have a seat at McLaren, and after Renault gave him the axe, and all of a sudden McLaren is his guardian angel, and now he's in the top team. And to say something for him to decide to leave McLaren when he did, and for them to only be happy for him and just give him a great send off that really just shows his character oh what yeah kind of guy he, he is, is a great not just dude. to mention what a great racer he is a, he's good... a great driver he's a great qualifier he really showed that for the first time last year buried much more consistently we always knew he was a good qualifier he was a great qualifier last year i completely agree he, he pushed charles to the brink he really he is not a number two he no is it, it's, 1A it's one a and one a two yeah that's called one b but whatever all right, nope. who do you got number four? I won't even give him the second letter of the alphabet. He's that good. What, who's your no, who's number four for your preseason driver prediction? Charles Clare. Wow. Rude. Disgusting. Cannot believe it. Uh, my number four is George Russell. My number three is George Russell. Okay, so George is definitely has the most opportunity out of anyone. When you look at last year's standings to this year's standings, he's going to have the biggest jump by far because uh, I think he was like 14th last year and he could easily, I mean, there's a chance he wins the fucking drivers. So like, yeah, he could drop. Absolutely. That's absolutely the wrong possibility. Yeah. He's so he's going to jump the most. I do not. There's no question about it. Uh, George is Mr. Saturday. As good of a qualifier in the sport as we have right now, he has been ruthless in his driving style. Only thing I need to say is that he needs to work on when he actually qualifies up there. His start, his starts are the one thing I have an issue with. But if he can get that down, he's going to push Lewis to the max. Uh, he's going to push the whole grid to the max. He is going to push his whole grid to the max. He is an incredible driver, one of the most accomplished junior drivers of all time. T- did his time at Williams. It's his turn. I think he is going to be a phenomenal piece at Mercedes for years to come. Yeah. My, my number three is Max Verstappen. My number two is Max Verstappen. I just don't know where that Red Bull is going to be this year. I'm, yeah, that's my... I, I have too much respect for the for him winning last year to not give him at least number two. That's fair. Uh, I can't not give him two until I see... if Unless they come out in a tractor, then I can think about moving him down this list. Fair enough. Uh, I think that obviously he won his championship with an asterisk, but I don't even care because he still won it. I wanted them to win it. He earned it. Uh, Max is a phenomenal driver. He's a world champion in every sense of the word. He world champion guy. Yeah, he is. He's a world champion guy. Uh, there might be. I think this can be maybe a little bit of championship hangover. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. I could see that for sure at Red Bull. They put so much into last season. You wondered, did they lose something for this season? There's a fair question to ask. Especially because they hadn't won it in so long. Yeah, I don't feel bad in saying that. I don't feel bad about putting Max at three because I. And I hope I'm wrong about that. Same. If but Max... I won't. But yeah. I will not be apologetic if I'm right. Yeah, if Max goes out and wins next year and dominates and does as well as he did this year, you'll hear no complaint. Like, I easily think Max could win. Having him at three is yes. absolutely no disrespect by me. 
It's I, disrespect it, to the car, if anything. It's, not yes, the it's man. disrespect to Adrian Newey and Christian Horner and Helmut Marco. That's who I'm disrespecting right now. Mostly Helmut Marco. Yeah. I don't like you, Helmut. Uh, but I do, Massive and also, I mean, let's be honest. Red Bull strategy hasn't exactly paid off in some big moments. They have blown some yeah. races. They have blown points. He was able to claw his way back into the championship because Red Bull let him. Not because Max let him, or Red Bull let that happen. Yeah, there were a couple of strategic decisions where I was like, what the hell are you thinking, Christian Horner? Uh, but I think this year, hopefully, that gets solved, but it probably won't. That definitely makes me question Red Bull's validity for this season. They put so much into last year to win Max's title. If there's a bit of a hangover, it wouldn't shock anyone. Like, even when you look at the last one-off champion, uh, that Jensen Button in 2009, uh, last time there was a one-off champion, the next year when they went from Braun to Mercedes, they were not as good. They were not. They were a midfield team. So it wouldn't be shot. I'm not saying they're going to move down to the midfield. No, they're I still not going th- to they're still gonna be winning team. races. I think both Verstappen and Perez will win a race next year. Yeah. So that won't shock me. But it's just the facts that Max most likely will suffer if the car does. He drug that car up the field in 2020 by winning race a race. So like that was a big yeah. deal in and of itself. The, I could definitely see him doing it again if they're the third best car. I could definitely see it if it's the third best car. Yeah, and I hope, but I mean third best car, I hope it means one A, B, and Z. I would love to see a three-way heavyweight fight. I would love that. All right, at number two, I have Lewis Hamilton. Number two, I have Max Verstappen, already discussed. Lewis, number one, Lewis, I have Lewis. Yeah, uh, number one, I have Charles Leclerc because I'm just so passionate about him. Uh, Charles, I will talk Lewis, then we'll talk Charles. Lewis, seven-time world champion, going for the eighth, over 100 race wins, over 100 poles, statistically the greatest driver of all time. He's the greatest driver of all time. Has put in so much work uh, over his career. Fun fact, the the last two drivers' champions to also not win the constructors, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Do you know when that was for Lewis Hamilton, John? Do you know what year it was? Was that... Oh, eight. It was 2008. That's when Lewis that's won. That's what I thought. And that is when Lewis yeah. won his I first with McLaren. And that's when uh, uh, Ferrari won their last uh, constructors with Felipe Massa and Kimi. So Lewis has a lot to prove this year. He's coming out losing the world championship for the first time since 2016 to Nico Rosberg. I really hope that he comes out firing. I would not be shocked at all to see him take Bahrain by storm. I think he's obviously he's the best driver of all time. So it's big. It's not going to be surprising if he comes out and takes Bahrain by storm and goes for pole and a win. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. Lewis, I don't think he's ever, he might be more motivated now than he's ever been before. And that's a terrifying thought for the rest of F1. Yeah. The fact that he gets, uh, that he could be better than last year is shocking because he had, he was a monster, and he's been a monster yeah. since that Nico car, left the sport. And that car has so much potential, so much yeah. potential. If they, uh, I mean, if they are, if they get it right, him and George are going to be in a heavyweight battle, and it's going to be awesome to watch. And I, that's why I have George at three because I just I think Mercedes loves getting it right. I'm not going to bet against them. They really if do. They get it right. They're getting it right. At number one, I have Charles Leclerc. He's the best qualifier in Formula One. The last time he had a top car, he led 
uh, the grid in poles. Only non-Mercedes driver to ever to do that in the turbo hybrid era. He got screwed out of like two, out of two race wins that year. Yes, I'd say three. He got screwed out of four. Got screwed out of three race wins that year. Uh, I don't totally trust Ferrari. Charles, I, if he wins the world championship, I will never shut up about it. Um, you will never hear the end of it. He is my I. I'm biased. I will admit to it. He is my favorite driver. I am biased. But if he wins it this year, I think he has a great chance. I think Ferrari can be just as good as Mercedes. I think they can. I hope hope they are. I hope Red Bull is just as good as them, too. I would love to see a three-way title fight. I'd love to see a six-way title fight. Yeah, that would be fucking electric. And I think Charles can do it. He's the best qualifier on the grid. Yes. Bar none. I agree Bar none. I'm very interested to see what George Russell can do in that Mercedes in terms of qualifying. Fair. But Charles, is right now, I can confidently say he's the best qualifier in the sport, bar none. I think that his overtaking is superb. His tire management has gotten a lot better since the last time he was in a competitive car. So if he is... It's had to be. He's had to get better, and and he's gotten better. He's had to, and he has. 2020, Charles Leclerc was one of the most impressive seasons I've ever seen. He finished on the podium four times in a car that finished sixth, and he finished almost best of the rest out of everyone. Like, that was ridiculous. He was insane that season. Yeah. I think in last year, he drove the wheels off that Ferrari. Him and Carlos were a great team. Uh, got He got screwed out of a win in uh, Britain. That's all right. But Charles is primed to make a run out of this year. I think I can definitely see him see it happen. My heart, obviously, is saying Charles. Realistically, Lewis will, is the title favorite. Yes. Absolutely, he is. He's coming in fired up. But... That whole team's coming fired up. Yeah. They got George. That's new blood, fresh blood. He's going to be motivated as ever just to be driving a car that can actually win a race. Yeah. Bono is going to come out with fucking flames in his eyes because we fuck, We are a fucking Pete Bonington Stan podcast. Yes, we are. Not afraid to say it. Not afraid to say it. All right. That, those are our rankings. Uh, this has been the Racing Line Episode 2. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. If you've made it this far, love you guys. Thank you. Peace out. Love you guys. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yes, subscribe. Follow on uh, Spotify. We're on Apple now, so love you guys.